Welcome back, all you doinks, to episode 10. 10, a perfect 10 of the sports podcast featuring the double doinks, Josh and Dave. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this, this week's episode. This is going to be a very fast-paced, hectic episode, yeah. because as we usually do on our wrestling podcast, every five, we do a top 10 yes. list. So for sports, we're going to do every 10. We're going to do every 10, and this top 10 list is going to be centered on our favorite NFL teams. Yep. And we will get the details to you guys at the end of this episode. Yeah, when now, we get to start the top 10, we'll we'll discuss what we're actually going over. Okay. So, we did miss last week. Yes. But, so, there wasn't much of a recap that yeah. we had. But we kind of jointly decided that as the season is starting to dwindle down, we're going to concentrate not necessarily on breaking down every game, but breaking down the important games that are happening in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. And there have been a lot of important games that we kind of want to go over pretty quickly that both involve my favorite team and my his favorite, favorite team. team and some of your favorite teams out there. So whether it's Matt and his 49ers or the rest of this Patriots nation up here in the New England Patriots. Yeah. Or, uh, or Cody that, Steelers. Yep. Uh, Cody Steelers. Craig or, Saints and all of our friends that yep. have followed different teams. Or, you know, that one guy out there who still somehow is a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Congratulations. Yeah. Your team just got a win. And yeah. through a process, uh, I think, how did you break it down? A process of elimination? Process of elimination. The Dallas Co- Cowboys are the worst team in the NFL. All right. We will because get, we will get, we'll, to, we'll get to that breakdown as yeah. to why they're the worst because, team. Because uh, as we are recording this on Friday. Yep. Thursday Night Football happened last night. Yes. We will get over that game in a few minutes because as a Bears fan, you guys know I've been down most of this season. There is a nice light and at as the an, end of this tunnel. As an Eagles fan, I was really high when we were 5-4. and four, Yeah, now you're... And now we're 5-7. and seven. Yeah, hey, but you're not out of it. And that's kind no, of one of the not. things we're going to go over. No, we're not, and neither is Washington. And we'll go over that in a little bit, too. So, I'm going to start really recapping... <laughs> Thursday, Thanksgiving Day Thanksgiving football. Day game, yeah. Okay. One, Chicago Bears. Yeah. Coming to Thanksgiving, have the early game. They win. They beat the Detroit Against Lions. Detroit, yeah. Okay. Yes. It's the Lions. Yes. No, I'm saying it's divisional. No, but what I'm saying is it's the Lions, okay? This is a team that everybody was high on at the beginning of the year, started the season undefeated with their tie in their two wins, and then all of a sudden have completely fallen off. Matt Patricia may lose his job. Okay. Unfortunately. Matt's, Matt Stafford hasn't played a game in what, four weeks because of injury. Yeah. The kid that they put out there, Blau, had a great game. Had a really, really yeah, good did. game. You know what I mean? He only threw the last minute pick because of the fact that um he was fourth and twenty two after taking a sack by Roquan yeah. Smith. And Roquan Smith, man, unfortunately he got hurt. Um thought processes it's a torn pectoral season's done. Just happened last night. But the kid kid played out of his mind the last couple of weeks when it came to the Bears and helping this defense push forward. Um, Big Trubisky game. Trubisky threw three touchdowns in this game. And again, it's the Lions, but it's the kind of stepping stone that he needed. Um, The other two Thanksgiving Day games, you had the Bills. The Bills didn't beat the Cowboys. They They destroyed the Cowboys. The Cowboys were never in this game. And it's funny because the Cowboys start this game, drove down the field, and scored on their first drive. Yeah. Thursday night, last night, the Cowboys drove down the field, 17 pl- the longest drive in the NFL this year, 17 plays over eight and a half minutes, and scored on the first drive against the Bears. And then nothing the rest of the yeah. game. Nothing. Nothing. The Bills did exactly what they needed you to do. Unfortunately, your team couldn't get out of its own way 
on Sunday because you lose to a cupcake in the Miami Dolphins. This would have brought you tied with the boys. Yeah. With the boys, if your team could have just beaten Miami, like so. So I know we went over the New England game when I played when Philly played New England. We didn't go over when we played Seattle. In those two games, our defenses our defenses ran house because we held each team to seventeen points. Yeah. In this game, our defense didn't show up, but our offense did. Yeah. Our offense played very, very good football. I mean, Carson I'm, Wentz showed up. I'm kind of just looking over everything real quickly. So Carson Wentz threw for 294 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, your rushing attack had almost 100 yards in the game. 386 yards of total offense. You only had the one turnover. You went 50% on third down. Yet somehow, somehow, your defense let the Miami Dolphins go three for three on fourth down and gave Miami a total of 26 first downs. Now, four of those 26 came via penalty. That is huge. That's letting a a bad team stay on the field. You don't let good teams stay on the field because they'll burn you just like the Patriots did when you had the block field goal. And Seattle did the exact same thing. But come on. Miami, dude. Listen. Um, you called them the worst team in the NFL when you did your bottom five teams earlier this year. I did, and they, they shut me up. They beat us. <laughs> um, I don't think they shut me up. They're still not a good team. It's just we didn't play well against them. Yeah, they're a good team if they played in college. Yeah. Yeah. And we just played very bad against no, them. No, it, it, and people have bad weeks. I, Listen, I've, I, I've felt ba- I felt bad about it until someone brought it up to me that Fitzmagic happens three to four times a year. Oh, it does. Yeah. And this time, we just got stuck with it. Yeah. But you know who got stuck with it last year? New England. Yes. Yes. Yes, they did. That's all I have to say is New England fans cannot cannot crap on me about losing to Miami because they did it last season. Yeah. Yeah. So just a quick rundown of a few highlights from week 13, okay? Uh, Saints clinch. They beat the Falcons yes. on Thursday. First team to clinch. First team to clinch the division, Okay. <laughs> Um, we now have a true number one team in the NFL. The Ravens beat the 49ers. Baltimore Ravens okay. are number one Baltimore team in the teams NFL. are the best team in the NFL. And on top of this, this <laughs> loss took the 49ers from being the number one seed in to the, the NFC five to seed. the number five seed because now they're not leading their division. Seattle's leading their division because of a big win. Um, as we discussed, the Bengals got their first win. Yeah, they beat over the, the Jets. Jets. And then they just beat the Jets. They, they beat destroyed, up on the Jets. Yeah, they yeah. beat up on the Jets. They destroyed the Jets. The Titans, the Titans are keeping themselves in the hunt for the AFC South. And you know what's scary? Who's the quarterback for the Titans right now? Is it not uh, Tannehill? Yes. Ryan Tannehill, a cast-off from the Miami Dolphins, takes over for Marcus Mariota because he's not performing. And what's he doing? He has not lost a game. Yeah. He has brought the Titans back into the contention of not just playoffs, but winning a division, dude. Winning a division. And look look at what the AFC South division is. Oh, my God. You got the, well, I mean, the Jaguars. Unfortunately, later later duck, so they're done for the season. Yeah. Not, uh, they they decide to put Nick Foles in. He can't do anything. Try to put Minshew back in there, and I mean his mustache magic only works when he plays all sixty minutes. It yeah. doesn't work when he's coming. He has, to, he has to be from bell to bell. He, he has he to can't, start. It can't, it can't be substitution. This yeah. isn't this isn't uh this isn't relief pitching here. Yeah. Minshew's mustache magic starts at the moment the coin flips, and it ends the moment he's walking into the end zone to win the game for his team. That's yeah. it. So the Jags have played themselves out, but you still have a three-team race. Houston, who huge win? Oh yeah, huge win, huge win over New England. New yeah. England, um, Houston, Tennessee, and Indy are all vying yeah. for, for possibly two playoff spots. Yeah. If you really think about it, because the Raiders played themselves out of it by losing. Um, the Steelers 
look like they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, in the North, yeah. Yeah, the North. Um, The Bills playing themselves into a playoff spot. I, t- yeah. I really talked down about the Bills. Josh the Allen. The Bills sh- have showed up. They've j- shut me up. Jo- I, I, I bought recently a Josh, Josh Allen, Allen pop figure. Dude. I only own one sports pop figure, and it's Josh Allen. I don't even own a Carson Wentz one. If they had an Eagles Nick Foles one, I'd own it, but they don't. Yeah, well... Josh Allen is really showing up. He he's actually in that B tier quarterbacks, and that's oh one, yeah, that's one thing that we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do S through F tier. Yeah, when it comes to quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL, um, guy who's definitely in my F tier, Kirk Cousins, proves it once again. He can't beat the good teams because he lost to Seattle on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and that loss coupled with with three out of the last four games the Bears have won keeps the Bears in the wild card discussion for the NFC because now. After last night, the Bears are seven and six, and they're starting to catch fire at the right time, and they're getting players back at the right time. Okay, they played last night against the Dallas Cowboys. No Akeem Hicks. You lost Roquan Smith after the first drive. You lost Javon Wims after the third drive. Okay, no Taylor Gabriel. No Prince of Mukamara. Eight starters. Eight starters are hurt right now. They destroyed the Cowboys. Forget what the score says, 31-24, because that's not what the game was. No, it wasn't. It was 31-7 pretty much at one point in this game. Mitchell Trubisky is getting... So the Cowboys let Mitchell Trubisky look like Lamar Jackson. No, that's not fair. Okay, Mitchell Trubisky is a good quarterback. It was finally time when Matt Nagy is starting to make play calls that take Mitchell Trubisky's strengths and highlight it. Yeah. He is not making bad decisions because he's being put in positions to go from one read to a second read. He's not having to look for three or four reads. He's not having to sit in a shotgun and do these read option things that weren't working. They're getting a running game going. David Montgomery had a good game. Allen Robinson's having good game after good game after good game after good game. He keeps compounding good games. He's a great target for him. Anthony Miller finally has his head out of his ass. He's not being Mr. Dance when he makes a first down. No, he's yeah. only dancing when he gets into the end zone. The defense is making plays. Khalil Mack had a sack last night. Yeah. You know, and they took the number one offense in the NFL and made him look pedestrian. Yes, first drive, 17 plays, eight and a half minutes. You know what? Their best 17 plays were on that drive. Yeah. They didn't do anything the rest of the yeah. game. That defense showed up. The Bears offense showed up. Now, I do want to go into a little bit of a preview for this week because, obviously, Thursday night football just happened. But we have some really important games that are happening this week. And one in particular really has to deal with you, with your Eagles. Yeah, we have to play the New York Giants Monday night in Philadelphia with a returning Eli Manning who has something to prove. I mentioned it earlier where I said Washington still has a chance. But Washington still has a chance if the Eagles lose out except for Dallas. Dallas, And if Dallas loses out, then the Washington Redskins would win the division. Okay, well, it's not going to happen because Washington's going to get destroyed by by Green Bay. Oh, yeah. They're playing Green Bay this week. They're going to lose this week, so they're officially eliminated. Okay? But my big thing for you guys is, right... You win this game, you're back to six and seven, which means you're back even with the Cowboys. Yeah, a seven and nine, the Bears may finish the season nine and seven. They may finish ten and six. They may win out. They have a very tough road to win out. Yeah, they get Green Bay next week, then they get Kansas City, then they get Minnesota to end the season. Very tough three game stretch, right? Yeah. If they win out, they go ten and six. Hey, 
they may still not make the playoffs because Minnesota will have a better record. Yeah. And we're going to go back and we're going to look at that San Diego Chargers game that they shouldn't have lost and that Oakland Raiders game that they shouldn't have lost. I mean, there's there's a couple of games that we shouldn't have lost. No. I, we I, shouldn't have lost to the Lions. And we shouldn't have lost to Atlanta. Yeah. I will say those are the two we shouldn't have lost in the in the year. Yeah. We should be 7-5 and five right now. Yeah, the Bears right now should have two left. The Bears started the season by only giving up 10 points to the Green Bay Packers at home, and they lost that game. Okay. Yeah. They then went three in a row. They're three and one going into <laughs> London, and they lost to the Raiders. Yeah. And they would and never. And then that kind of derailed them for derailed a bit. Derailed them for a bit. The loss of the Raiders and the loss of the Chargers are the two losses I just can't forgive right now because the Chargers. <clears throat> and I'm gonna go. I'm. I'm just gonna run down some quick stuff about that game. Top of the head, they outgained them. Yeah. Um. Missed field goals. Yep. Are you talking the Chargers game? Chargers game. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, miss misplays by Trubisky. Just you had every reason to win that game, and you didn't win it. Mm-hmm. That if that if the Bears finish ten and six and missed the playoffs because the Vikings, um, Vikings finish ten and six but have a better strength, whatever it might be. Actually, no. If the Bears go ten and six, they make the playoffs because they beat the Vikings the last week of the season. Yeah. So regardless, Bears go ten and six, they make the playoffs. Okay. They, sh- they shouldn't have had to wait until the last week of the season because they should have beaten San Diego. Yeah. They should only be one game behind the Vikings right now. Yeah. But I digress. Let's go, let's go back. I digress. Let's go back to our game. Let's go back to, to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Because right now, the NFC East. Worst division in the football. Dude, I think, hold on. Three wins for the Redskins, right? Three wins for the Redskins. Five and six. Five. Two. So that's five. That's five. That's ten. Your entire division only has 16 wins, yeah. dude. It's it's very bad. It is embarrassingly bad this year. <sighs> what are your feelings going into Monday Night Football? So, I'm not nervous because we're facing a 2 and whatever team, 2 and 10, <laughs> 2 and 10, two yeah. and ten team. We should win this game. Okay. The only reason we don't is if Eli Manning comes out and has a game of the year comeback, why did you give up on me game? If he can come out and and show up and perform like the Eli Manning of old, mm-hmm. we lose this football game. Okay. Um, who's Eli throwing to? <laughs> who's protecting Eli? Exactly. That's a problem. Yeah. I mean, you guys... I mean, we were talking about how Atlanta a couple of weeks ago beat New Orleans and it was a big shock. The Giants' season's pretty much over. They're playing yeah. for draft position at this particular moment. That's why Daniel Jones isn't playing. They don't. They want to protect their investment. Is what's going yeah. on. Um, so let's go over you, some of the big games this week. All right, huge. Let's, let's go back right up, right up to the top of your list there. Okay. Well, yeah, forget the Falcons and Panthers. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Buffalo. Hey, huge news though. Oh yeah, Ron Rivera fired. Fired. Yeah. Fired. Dude, incredible. He's fired. Yeah. Does that mean that Carolina's given up on Cam Newton as well? I hope not, but we could find Cam Newton at another team soon. Because Cam Newton's not going to go untraded. He's n- no one will not pick him up. Someone is picking him up if they if the if the Panthers caught him. Someone will have Cam Newton as their starter next year, without a doubt. Okay, because because Cam Newton hasn't hasn't shown up this year. The only reason he hasn't shown he's up hurt. is because he's hurt. If he if he wasn't hurt. Carolina would be a completely different team. Okay, I, I I don't feel that way. I'm not a Cam Newton guy, so I my problem is um 
Ron Rivera was fired with a winning record, and it's because of the fact that he's not the leader of man that he used to be. The okay. guy, he's not the head coach that led them to the Super Bowl against the Broncos, and that team has never been the same since they lost that Super Bowl when Cam Newton gave up trying to recover that fumble that he had. Yeah. That's who Cam Newton is to me. He's that guy who stood over a pile when there was guys fighting for a fumble that ended up almost in the end zone anyway. Yeah. So, big game. Ravens, Bills. Who you got? I'm going to say I have Baltimore. Uh, I have Baltimore. Okay. I would like to see Buffalo win that game. I would like to see it, but then it it, it puts the Patriots back at number one in the, it does. In, in the conference, and I don't want that. No. Everything needs to go through Baltimore. The only way yeah. Baltimore makes it to the Super Bowl is if they're is playing if at they, home. If they play at home throughout this the playoffs. Okay. Um a game that I'm kind of keeping a close eye on is Vikings Lions. I got the Vikes. Okay. There's no reason why the Vikes should lose this game, but Detroit, I've never really asked you guys for anything. At the beginning of the year, I called you one of those sleeper teams and I was kind of hoping maybe you guys could do something. Um how about you just beat the Vikings for me this week? Cuz that would that will give them a, give them a loss that you need. Yes. That's a loss that we need going going into the fact that yeah. there's a high probability the Bears aren't going to win the next three. I mean, I'm going to love it if they can. They've got 10 days off going into Green Bay, okay? Yeah. They did a good job against Green Bay in week one, and I think that they can still possibly do the exact same thing against Green Bay this, this week coming up. They're and win have, it? They could win it. Okay. They, they could win in Green Bay. If they can win in Green Bay, all right, then they get Kansas City. I think they can beat Kansas City. Yeah. And if then, Kansas City loses to New England this week... That'll definitely help snowball Kansas City even further down. Yes, yes. So I'm looking, I'm looking at definitely three winnable games for the Bears. They could finish the season ten and six, dude. But Detroit, just give me the little buffer. Just, just yeah, give just, them that, give just, them that little, just, little, little bit of just a little bit of wiggle room. room. Beat the Vikings. Huge game. Saints versus the 49ers. The Saints, the 49ers got exposed last week. Yeah. By Baltimore. Yeah. The Saints are going to beat the 49ers. Saints are going to beat 49ers because New Orleans saw that game and they saw where the weak points are and they're going to expose them again. Yes. I had a I had a talk with one of my buddies at work, uh Jason. Uh, he's a 49ers fan. So, Matt, Jason. Yeah. All of a sudden now we got 49ers fans popping up. I know Matt's been one for a long yeah. time. I didn't know I Jay- mean, your I mom's know- a Niners fan too. My mom is a huge Niners fan. Yeah, growing up it was very it was very difficult. But as a kid, you know, I didn't necessarily like the Niners. I liked Terrell Owens. Yeah. You know, I liked Ricky. That's like when I, when I was a kid, when I was a kid like seven years ago. Yeah. Um, I was a Players fan. Like, I was a Phillip Rivers fan. Yep. I was a Ladadian Tomlinson fan. I was a Brian Urlacher fan. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was a Players fan. I was a, uh, I'm trying to think some of the other players that I liked. I, I was a Tim Tebow fan. I was a Russell Wilson fan. Um, now I'm an Eagles fan. Which I do like other other players mm-hmm. from other teams, but that's mainly because of fantasy. But yeah, so you know, I thought I thought that this was going to be a very tough stretch for the 49ers. They're one and one in this stretch right now. They beat the Packers, and then they lost to the Ravens. Yeah, I don't see them going to New Orleans and beating New Orleans. No. I really don't. I don't see. If that it happening. was in San Fran, they have a chance. They have a chance, but yes. in 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 the Superdome, no, I wouldn't say it. Okay. Um... Kind of a game I didn't really want to skip over. Um, kind of important is the Steelers. Do they continue their winning streak? Do yeah. they beat the Cardinals? They're gonna win this division. They're not gonna win the division. Oh yeah, they have Baltimore. Never mind. They're gonna they're gonna get the wild card in the okay. division. Do you think Mike Tomlin should be head coach of the year with everything he's had to deal with this year? Yeah. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Because he's playing with his third practice squad. Yeah. Players. Yeah. And he is 
seven something in the last seven and zero oh in the last seven games. Yeah, it's great. Uh, seven. Uh, they started six the season and, six and one. Yeah, they, they started, started the season zero and three. Yeah, they started zero and three, but one and four. Yeah, and then they've won six out of seven. Yeah, so they, they've they've definitely he's definitely proven he's been a good coach this year. So, um, big game. Patriots, Chiefs. Pats are going to take this. Pats game. are going to take it because they're yeah. at home. Yeah, they're at home. Um, I think the Chiefs are going to give them a run for it. Yeah. Um, but can the Patriots defense slow down Patrick Mahomes? Is the is the thing because the Patriots offense isn't doing much. No, they're, they're not, not doing much. I'm actually going to go on the other side. I'm going to take the other side on that. I'm going to take the Chiefs in that game. I'm going to take the Chiefs, and that's going to give that's going to give the Ravens a another another game buffer buffer where yeah. they can have a slip up against the Steelers or something like that at the end of the yeah. season. Because they're gonna need it. Because you can't, you can't. Continue yeah. Because right now this is a neck and neck race. Yeah. Because they're both ten and two. Yeah. Um. Titans. Raiders. Titans. Okay. Titans are gonna continue to win. Yeah. Because they need to continue to win, and because uh the Raiders with this loss will essentially knock themselves out of playoff contention. Mm-hmm. That's what will happen. Yeah. Um. Rams. Seahawks. That's the Hawks take that. Okay. Take that football game. Yeah. All right. Does that? Um. I don't think that officially. No, it won't clinch the division because no. the 49ers are still there. Because the Niners are still so close. Yeah. I don't think that division will clinch till the end of the season. Yeah. Do they end up playing each other before the end of the year? Uh, I feel like they play each other at least once more. Hold on. I'm just going to kind of quickly skim through everything. Not here. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we're we're just kind of skimming through the week 16. The games right now. That's the Cardinals. Oh, please tell me they're playing week 17. I think they do play week 17. I'm pretty sure they do play week 17. Week 17. In Seattle. Fox. Game of the week in Seattle. Could that, be for the division. That game. Will that that that'll could be name for the, the number one seed? Yeah, think about that. Yeah, and the other team will have to go to either Philadelphia or Dallas. Oh wait a minute! No, that wouldn't be for the number one seed because if New Orleans beats the 49ers right now, yeah, New Orleans will get the number one seed. They'll get number two. Well, it all depends on what happens between the 49ers and the Seahawks. But if the 49ers end up winning the division and New Orleans holds the tiebreaker, New Orleans not. Can you imagine everyone having to go to the to through uh, the Superdome? Oh my God! Yeah, be a disaster. Now. What's what's scary for Seattle? Uh, what's actually sad for us is you're gonna get a home playoff game. Yeah, and one either of these the, teams isn't. Yeah, either the Eagles or the Cowboys are gonna be the number one of the East, and either Seattle or San Francisco are gonna have to come through, um, either Dallas or Philadelphia. Oh my God, it's sad. All right, we're gonna move over to hockey a little bit. Yeah. I've pulled up the standings right now. And we're going to go over the standings real quick. You go right ahead. And then we will uh, talk about a some... A couple of players. A couple of players, specifically. Nate McKinnon! Yeah. Um, someone who's been really showing up for us is uh, uh, Halak. Well, yeah. And Poster has always been... Poster's leading the, NFL, uh, yeah. the NHL yeah. in goal scored right now. It's yeah. incredible. Um, we're going to start off with the Atlantic Division, because it's the first one that pops up. Bruins are 23-6. and six. They're number one in the Atlantic. Number two in the Atlantic are the Panthers at 13-9-5. They have a seven-game lead in the Atlantic Division. Okay. My thing is there's no way they can keep this pace. <clears throat> oh, no. We're going to slow way down towards the middle of the season, and we're going to probably drop maybe two, three. I think we could drop underneath the Sabres. Sabres could jump up to number one possibly. No way. You guys are going to hold the number one position, but the problem is, is this pace that you guys are on – that's all time. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, they can't. They just can't. You're not gonna continue. We're not to get, gonna have a 63 win. To, uh, well, not even year. just that. It's you can't continue this. The, the, remember, we were talking about the Sabers at the beginning of the year. Yeah, when we, when we ran down our top five teams, and 
everyone, well, you asked me, hey, why aren't the Sabres in the top five? I said, well, because you can't score on every third shot and your goalie can't stop 97% of every shot that comes his way. Yeah. Eventually, the Bruins are going to hit that wall in which... Posture's going to po- stop scoring. Posture's going to stop Halak's scoring. going to start letting more in. Rask's going to start letting more exactly. in. Exactly. Look at the... Look Coyle's going to give up defense. Look at last night's game. Yeah. I was kind of pulling double duty. I was watching both the 49... Uh, the Chicago Bears and the Cowboys, and I was watching the... Bo- was, uh, Bruins Blackhawks. Bruins Blackhawks. We went down 3 nothing. We come, came back 3-3 to and lost right at the beginning of overtime. Yeah. And the thing was is, like, those goals that, that were given up, dude, I mean, a short-handed goal... To go down one nothing. Yeah. Then very not even like a minute and a half later, the power play goal. Great deflection, by the way, yeah. by whoever that guy was in on Chicago number seventeen, I think, deflected that into the net. I mean, there's gonna be games like that, but luckily you guys got a point out of it. Yeah. You get a point by getting into overtime. We barely got a point out of it. No, but you get a point. You get to yeah. the overtime. Um, and then Sabres, Canadians, uh, 13, 11, and 5, 12, 11, and 6. Uh, Leaves are 13, 13, and 4. Um, the Lightning thirteen ten and three, uh, sends twelve sixteen and one, and then the Red Wings are seven twenty and three. Oof. Yikes! We're gonna move over to the Metro Division. Uh, top of that division, the Caps twenty one four and five. Uh, Islanders followed closely behind at nineteen six and two. Uh, the Flyers are at sixteen eight and five. Canes are at seventeen eleven and one. The Pangs are at fifteen nine and four. Rangers are at fourteen ten and three. Jackets are at 11, 13, and 4, and the New Jersey Devils are at 9, 14, and 4. We're going to jump over to the Western Conference now, where we have the Central Division, which is a scary, scary division right oh now. Oh, my with God. With the St. Louis Blues at 18, 6, and 6, the Avs at 18, 8, and 2, the uh, Winnipeg Jets at 17, 10, and 2, Dallas Stars at 16, 11, and 3, the Wild at 14, 11, and 4, the Preds at 12, 10, and 5, and the Blackhawks at 11, 12, and 5. Okay. I'm just quickly looking over something here. Just looking over, um, like, goal differentials in the NHL and stuff like that. Yeah. Number one's the Bruins. Goal differential of plus 35. Number two and three are the Washington Capitals and the Colorado Avalanche with 26 and 25, dude. Yeah. That is incredible. How far ahead the Bruins are compared to everybody else? Because nobody else, nobody else is even in the twenties. No, no, nobody else. No, the Pittsburgh's close. They have eighteen. But but if you look at the rest of the Atlantic Division, the uh, the Panthers are minus one, the Sabers are one, Canadians minus six, Maple Leafs minus six, Lightning nine, Sens minus fifteen, Red Wings minus fifty six. They have a 10 losing streak right now. Man. There are no other teams that are huge standouts when it comes to goal differentials. I mean, the Penguins are at 18. The Islanders are at 15. But, like, to 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 keep at a high, high, high level team, your goal differential has to be skyrocketing. Yeah. It has to be through the roof. With right now, we've had a couple really, really good games. And if we lose, we only lose by one or two. Yeah. We we haven't been sh- we haven't been blown out this year. I don't think. No. <sighs> it has been a big big year for a couple really star players, and in for my team, it's been Halak showing that he is a legitimate possible replacement 
for when Tuka Rask retires. Oh, we already talked about that yeah. at the beginning of the year. I thought I thought Halak is going to be the guy who's going to end up supplanting Tuka. <coughs> um, you think but, he's going to be like the Dan, uh, the Daniel Jones, not the Daniel Jones? No, he's going to be the Tuka Rask to Tim Thomas. Well, yeah, you that's what I'm saying. Like happen. someone who's replacing someone else. Yes, that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's the right guy. He's playing. He's playing excellent. You know what I mean? Um, to me, the big thing because tomorrow night it's Bruins Avalanche. Yeah, at the TD Bank, and you're going to see a showcase, guys. Oh yeah, we will. of three of the best hockey players in the world right now. So for the Bruins. You actually no. I'm gonna say it. You're gonna see four of the best hockey players. Three of them are showing up right now with point totals and stuff like that. And one of the guys um, is just unbelievable to begin with. He's just not on the point on the on the stat sheets as much as everybody else. Pasternak leads everybody the in entire goal league scores. in goals. Yeah. Okay. He's got 25 goal scores. He's got 43 points. He's a plus 12 right now. Yeah. Obviously, Brad Marchand yeah. is leading the Bruins in points. He's got 44 points with a plus 19. 26 assists, 18 goals. Yeah. On the avalanche, on the dark side, as you guys want to call it here. The heels. Okay, like me. Nate McKinnon. Nate McKinnon is scary good. So good. But he's only a plus 10. So he's on the ice a lot when they're giving up goals. So he has a little bit of a liability on the defensive side. But 44 points, has him tied with uh, uh, Marshan. Marshan, yeah. Point totals and stuff like that. 18 goals with 26 assists. He leads the team. In every statistical category right now, That's but the crazy. guy to look out for is Landskog. Yeah, he yeah. is a stud, a stud for this team. You know what I mean? It's just unbelievable to see what he's been putting together for this team. I'm more scared about um what the goalies are not doing, and against yeah. the offense like the Bruins have, I can see the goalies whether it's Grubauer or, or Franco's, they're going to give up. I'm, I'm, four I'm going goals. to say this right now. It is going to, it's going to go four three one way. Okay. It's going to be a high scoring game because you're got you're going to. I'm not going to say embarrass Tuca or Halak, but you're going to put some goals in on us without a doubt. Yeah. Because I mean, there's no way that we're going to shut you guys out, and there's no way you guys are going to shut us out. Yeah. Because our offenses are so stacked, so high powered, man. Yeah, both of these offenses are high powered. Yeah, I'm just very, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. And it's actually really nice for us to be able to talk about our teams actually performing well. Yeah, because at the beginning of the football season, your Bears were letting you down, and now my Eagles are letting me down. Yeah, but that 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 script flipped a little bit. So let's just stay positive. Let's stay positive. We're we're talking about uh, we're talking about hockey right now. Yeah, stay with us. So, um, I mean, I'm very happy. Um, I like what's going on with the Avalanche. I feel as if this is maybe they're a year away. Who knows? Yeah, I I, I said at the beginning of the year we had our run tending. last we had our run tending. last year and we didn't we didn't pull it off. So it's gonna be a couple more years before we're in the ba- we're back in the Stanley Cup. I mean, I I kind of downplayed you guys at the beginning of the year. If you guys are gonna play like this, the rest of the league's got to go through Boston. We could see Avs Bruins in the Stanley Cup. We could. We yeah. we realistically could. You're right, but let's not jump ahead. Season's still young. Not even close yeah. to the All Star break yet. Yeah. Um, I mean. We have so much more to happen in hockey, but we need to see what's going to happen tomorrow night in, in Boston. Boston. Avalanche, Bruins. Bruins. Yep. Okay. And next week, don't worry, we'll be talking about that. Oh, yeah, we definitely will be. We're not going to be at that game, unfortunately. We yeah. weren't able to Little, score tickets or yeah. whatever. Kind of things got, there was a hiccup. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but we will definitely be watching. We will definitely be talking about it. Yes. <laughs> um, 
I know we don't talk much with basketball. Um, I do want to highlight two teams in the NBA right now. The Los Angeles Lakers are unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Anthony Davis, um, uh, LeBron James, the, that whole team, just unbelievable. Rajon Rondo, the, they're having a stellar season. And and it's good to see. I got a buddy of mine who's a big Lakers fan, Serino. Um, he's excited about it. He's saying like this is the best that he's seen this team in a long time because he's seen some pretty bad things yeah, happen with, with this Lakers. team with the Lakers. Uh, last couple of years, I mean, last year the team was the worst defensive team I think in the NBA. The number one defensive team in the NBA this year. Yeah. They're doing everything that they possibly can, and LeBron James is truly stepping up as an all-time great. Yeah. And up here in the Northeast, the Bruin, uh, the, the the Celtics, Celtics, Celtics are having an unbelievable season. Yeah, I said addition by subtraction at the beginning of the year, and we got rid of Kyrie. Got rid of Kyrie. And we are fifteen and five. Better team for it. The only team better than us in the Eastern Conference is a team that has been on the top of the NBA for at least two years. I'm not sure; it might be three. The Milwaukee Bucks. Oh well, yeah. I mean, you got you got uh, Giannis. Com- uh, yeah, Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Kid's unbelievable. Yeah. He's MVP, you know what I mean? Yeah. What's the Western Conference looking like? Western, we've got Lakers are at top at 19 and 3. Okay. Followed by the Nuggets at 14 and 5. Look at, followed the, by, look at the distance right there. Man. Yeah. 19 followed and 3, 14 and followed 5. Followed by the Clippers at 16 and 6. Followed by the Mavs at 15 and 6. Rockets 14 7. Jazz 10 and uh, 12 and 10. 10. Wow. 12 and 10. But you want to know what the bottom of the Western Conference is? Is it Golden State? Golden State Warriors at four and nineteen. Well, dude, they have everybody hurt. Yeah, everybody's hurt on that team, man. Everybody's <coughs> hurt. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, but that pretty much covers our recaps. So we're going to jump into our top ten. Okay, top ten that we are doing is top ten players from our respective franchises that we have physically been able to watch. And enjoy. Yes. Okay? Now, I am a Bears fan. I don't know if I've said that enough times on this show. Yeah. Okay? I don't think I've said I'm a Philly fan enough. Okay. As a Bears fan, I am not going to be talking Dick Buckus, Gail Sayers, Mike Dicka, uh, Walter Payton. Yes. Did I see a couple of games of Walter Payton's on TV when I, was a ki- when I was a kid? Yes. But not during my prime of actually being a Bears fan. Okay? Yeah, and so, I'm not going to include guys like Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb, and I know those are guys are like really, really early 2000s guys. I only became an Eagles fan back in like 2012, 2013. I've only been an Eagles fan for a very short time. Mm-hmm. So I'm including guys that I have seen play for the Eagles in my fandom. Yes. As I've been a fan, they've played for the Eagles. They may not anymore. A lot of these guys actually are on the team right now, but some of them aren't. Okay. Well, we'll get to that and so, um, before we start, I actually drew up two honorable mentions. I didn't. Okay. And the only reason why I drew up honorable mentions is because um, as, a Chicago, as a Chicago Bears fan, if anybody out there who listens to this is a Chicago Bears fan as well, you understand the plight of our team since um, a certain person was fired. Lovey Smith is one of my honorable mentions. He was a head coach of the Chicago Bears. Led him to the Super Bowl in 2006 against the Indianapolis Colts. Lovey Smith was fired with a winning record of 81-63 and as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Wow. He was fired after going 10-6 and his last season and not making the playoffs. Okay? Lovey Smith is now the head coach of the Fighting Illini of Illinois University, and he's taken a football program who has not been to a bowl game in, I, I, if somebody wants to correct me, I believe 
has not been to a bowl game in 10 years, and they have a winning record of going to a bowl game this year. That's awesome. That is who Lovey Smith is. Lovey Smith should have never been let go of the Chicago Bears. And you know what's happened to the Chicago Bears <coughs> since he was let go in 2012? They've been slipping. Garbage. Okay? They've had one winning season, one playoff run, and that was last year. Okay? Yeah. He was fired at 10-6. And, and they double-doinked And they double-doinked it. He was fired at 10-6. and six. Mark Tressman comes in, goes 8-8 eight and eight with the exact same, same team. roster. Nothing changed on that roster. Yeah. Exact same roster. He went 8-8. Eight and eight. Then he went six and ten, and then the bottom fell out three and thirteen, and it hasn't been the same until what we're getting kind of recently now. Now we have a chance at back to back winning seasons, which is going to be really nice. But Lovey Smith should have never been fired. Yeah. Okay. So he's honorable mention number Uno. Your second honorable mention. Second honorable mention is Dave Tobe. Who? Yeah. Dave Tobe is the special teams coordinator for the Chicago Bears when Devin Hester was the return man for the Chicago Bears. So why am I singling out Dave Tobe as this guy? Dave Tobe took multiple, not just Devin Hester. We're talking Robbie Gold. We're talking Brendan Ayanna Badagio. We're talking Jerry Azuma. We're talking, um, uh, I can't even think of the guy right now, uh, Corey, Gra- uh, Corey Graham, guy who plays for Baltimore. All these guys. Make him special team standouts. Johnny Knox. Got them all to the Pro Bowl. Got them as first-team All-Pro special teams players. That's who Dave Tobe was. When Lovey Smith was fired, Dave Tobe was interviewed to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. He would have been the correct choice. They obviously went with Mark Tressman. Mark Tressman tried to keep Dave Tobe as his special teams coordinator. Dave Tobe took his walking papers. Wow. He is now the special teams coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs under Andy, Andy Reid. He's the assistant head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs under Andy Reid. And what has he done in Kansas City? Oh, that's right. He's made Tyreek Hill, who was a punt returner, a all-pro punt returner in his early years, did the same thing with Kareem Hunt, has fielded an excellent special teams unit. You can follow Dave Tobe's career, and he's always had excellent special teams units. And who make the best head coaches in the NFL throughout their history? Special teams coordinators. That's what Bill Belichick started as. Yeah. And then he was a defensive coordinator. Yeah. And then he became a head coach. Yeah. Just follow the trends, my friend. So I started the wrestling top 10. I will start. You got to start your football player top 10, my friend. Now, for each of these, I have either two or three talking points on them um, as to why I like them. Um, I have never been a huge stats guy. I just like watching football. Until I really started this show and started really following stats, until I started playing fantasy and I really started following stats. My number 10 is number 62, our center, Jason Kelsey. I love Jason. Oh, go ahead. He is a career guy. He has played 73 consecutive games, which is the second longest by a center, only behind Ben Jones at 80. He's a two-time pro bowler and a two-time all-pro. It's funny you chose a center to start your list. Because you started a center. to. That's right. And this is a big shout-out to my buddy Jay Chicka. Okay. Olin Krutz. And again, if you're not a Bears fan, you're going to scratch your head. Who is Olin Krutz? Well, Olin Krutz was a six-time Pro Bowl, one-time All-Pro center for the Chicago Bears. Drafted by the Chicago Bears. He was the glue that held that line together. Why were they having 1,000-yard rushes behind it when they had different running backs all the time? Olin Krutz. Why was that offensive line so good 
the year they went to the Super Bowl, Olin Krutz. Olin Krutz used to get his guys together, his offensive linemen, and I can uh, John Tate, Fred Miller, Terrence Metcalf, Roberto Gaza, Ruben Brown, got all those guys together, and they used to hang out at gun ranges and everything like that. Do you know what happened once? Fred Miller mouthed off to Olin Krutz. Olin Krutz broke his jaw. That's who Olin Krutz was. He was a was. no BS guy. He was the leader of the locker room. And everybody remembers, I'm not sure if you do, um, the Arizona Cardinals Chicago Bears. They are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. I think so. Okay. I think I remember that. Devin Hester game. Devin Hester returned to the last punt yeah. for a touchdown. Um, Rex Grossman has like five turnovers in that game. There's a video from inside the locker room of Olin Krutz telling everyone to get there together. Telling them, we're going to win this game. We're going back out there. We're going to punch them in the mouth. Or they punched us in the mouth. That's it. We didn't go down. We're finishing this game. We're, that's who Olin Krutz was, and that's why he's on my top 10. I loved everything about that guy. Yeah. I will give you that. Uh, my number nine is another career guy drafted in 2010 by the name of Brandon Graham. Good. I love Brandon Graham. Uh, career seven interceptions, 17 fumble recoveries. Since 2010, so he's been with the Eagles for a decade. Um, 50 career sacks, 359 career tackles. Wow. Insane defensive player. There's more about him. I am a huge defensive fan. There's more about him that pops off the page, not just stats. It's what he does on the field. Yeah. It's it's like, you can talk about his stats, and it's not like, like super, oh my God, look at this guy, Brandon Graham, he's the best ever. No. But like, if you see his football knowledge on the field... He makes plays. Yeah. He doesn't just follow people and and take them down. No, he will go out and make a play. So that's why he's my number nine. Okay. My number nine is a defensive end who was actually drafted before Lovey Smith became the head coach of the Chicago Bears. He was drafted during the Dick Geron era, and his name was Alex Brown. Alex Brown came out of the University of Florida. Florida. Alex Brown had to completely change who he was as a defensive lineman to even remain with the Chicago Bears when Lovey Smith came. See, under Dick Geron, the Chicago Bears ran a very heavy 4-3. Bigger bodies. Ted Washington, uh, Keith Trailer, Alex Brown, and I, I think Philip Daniels was the other defensive end. All big guys. What happened was is when Lovey Smith came in, he changed the defense. He changed it to a Tampa 2. With the Tampa 2, you need quicker defensive ends, guys who can set the edge and guys who can get to the quarterback. Alex Brown was always able to get to the quarterback when he was in Florida. Didn't really need to do that when he was with Dick Geron's defense. So what happened? He was able to get himself slimmed down, freed up, and he became a terror. Now the other thing is that helped him out was he always made the guy on the other side better. Now, Adewale Agunle, Mark Anderson, those guys always put up good numbers. Why? Because Alex Brown always commanded more more attention. And what happened was is when you finally paid a little bit more attention to the other side and had to pay a little bit more attention in the middle when guys like Tommy Harris were on the team and Tank Johnson were on the team, Alex Brown was able to beat his one-on-ones. He, they were able to get guys down in the backfield. Alex Brown got Defensive Player of the Year votes as a defensive end that nobody was talking about at one point because he was on the same team as a Brian Erlacher, as yeah. a Peanut Tillman, as a Mike Brown. That's how good Alex Brown was. He's a guy who you watch his just watch his game tape. He's just unbelievable. The one thing I hate is the fact that he didn't finish his, his career as a Bear. He ended up finishing it with the Saints, just like Olin Krutz. So my first two guys both left the Bears and both went to the Saints. Wow. My number eight 
is a relatively new Eagles player. He was drafted in 2018 um, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he goes by the name of Dallas Goddard. You love yourself some tight ends. I love myself tight ends, dude. Um, So far in his two years in the seat, uh, 70 receptions for 689 yards and eight touchdowns. Wow. This kid, I think the reason I put him on this list is because this year he has been necessary for this Eagles team. Considering the amount of injuries to our receiving core, he has had to come in and step up his game. Him and Zach Ertz on each side going down the field. Without him, we have one receiver, and that is our tight end, Zach Ertz. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right because you got bricks for hands on everybody else. Yes, Alshon. Aguilar, oh, Djax is hurt, so he's not even there, dude. You're, you're, Boston Scott is a punt returner, and he runs a couple plays here you're, and there. You're, I, oh, no, our receiving so, course Al, sucks. Al, Al, Aguilar, man, he cost me my fan in my uh, DraftKings last week. He cost us the game last week. I if he caught the damn ball <laughs> in the end zone when once chucked it up, we would have won that game. I could have actually won two hundred bucks last week if he just did more than nine points for me. How's that? Yeah, yeah, Jackass. Move on to your number eight. Okay. My number eight is actually on the current roster. I don't have many guys on this list. I have two guys on this list that are on the current roster. My number eight is Kyle Fuller. <laughs> there we go. I love me some defensive backs. And Kyle Fuller <laughs> is what I love about defensive backs. He jumps routes. He tackles. He's not afraid to get his nose in there. <coughs> The kid, the kid came out, uh, Virginia, drafted first round, um, had an awesome rookie season. Uh, I I remember a game with the San Francisco 49ers. I believe he had two or three picks against Kaepernick. His come out game, right? That's insane. Then all of a sudden, like he starts falling off. Nobody knows what's happening. Injury here, injury there. He goes in not last year, but the year before. He goes into a contract year. He had, I believe the stat was, is he had eight. He had eighteen opportunities for interceptions, and he dropped sixteen of them, knocking the ball down. He wasn't making the catches. Wow. The Green Bay Packers made an offer to Kyle Fuller to be a Green Bay Packer, and the Bears matched it to keep him. And last year he was an All Pro. That's awesome. Him and Stephon Gilmore are the two best cornerbacks in the in the entire NFL. Oh, the yeah. entire NFL. Yeah. There's arguments to be made for a lot of other guys, whether it's Marcus Peters, whether it's... I mean, I'm an A.J. Boye guy. I really like A.J. Boye. But there's there's arguments to be made. As of last year, number one was Stefan Gilmore, and number two was Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller Are you is talking corners? Cornerbacks, yeah. Jalen Ramsey in that conversation? No, he's in the conversation. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't an All-Pro last year. There's no. only two All-Pros. Yeah, it was Stefan Gilmore. Gilmore. Yeah. And Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller, to me, is... The, the kind of defensive back that thrives in Chicago. He loves to get his nose in there. He loves to tackle people. He saved our season on Thanksgiving. Yeah, he did. Saved our season. Yeah. Tackling that running back, it, it, it was one-on-one. That running back gets around the corner. Kyle Fuller doesn't make that tackle. Running back walks into the end zone for a touchdown. We're yeah. not talking about the Bears marching down the field to score the game-winning touchdown. We're talking about marching down the field to, to tie the game. Yeah. Kyle Fuller. Yeah. My number seven is someone who we had for a bit, got rid of him for a bit, and took him back recently. 
but he hasn't freaking played this season because he's been hurt, and that's DJX, Deshaun Jackson. Drafted by the Eagles in 2008, he also played for the Washington Redskins for a bit and Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a bit. Three-time Pro Bowler. And all my stats are for as an Eagle. I don't have career stats. I have as an Eagle. 365 receptions for 6,276 yards and 34 touchdowns, rushing for 57 rushes and 353 yards. This guy is insane. Mm -hmm. He's so good. And the Eagles, I'm going to say it right now, and I've been saying it all season, we would not be having as bad of a season if DJX wasn't hurt. We would actually have a receiving core, which, in my opinion, Philly is a receiving team. Okay. I can I can agree with that. I can agree with that. When we won the Super Bowl, we were a split team. But look at who was in our running game. Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette LeGarrette Blunt. Blunt. Yeah. And then we also had Zach Ertz down the field. We had Aguilar down the field. And I'm pretty sure we had Alshon Jeffries at that point. Alshon Jeffrey, yeah. So we were a split team. Right now, we have to be a running team because we don't have that receiving core. We have Goddard and we have Ertz because Aguilar's brick hands, Jeffries is brick hands, and... um. DJX is hurt. DJX is hurt. Ortega Whiteside is doing pretty good, but he's still a rookie. So he's not getting that much opportunity. Yeah. So DJX, number seven on my list. Okay. Number seven is actually the only player on my list that was not drafted by the Chicago Bears. Oh, I have a lot that weren't drafted by Philly. Yep. Only player. He's a beast, and he's on the team right now. And he's coming back from injury next week to wreck the Green Bay Packers. And that is Akeem Hicks. I love Papa Bear Akeem Hicks. He is the fire in the belly of that Chicago Bears defense. Look at that defense with him on the field, and look at that defense without him on the field. Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. Don't get me wrong. Is Belial Nichols a good nose tackle? Yes. Is Eddie Goldman a good nose tackle? Yes. Akeem Hicks is a great upper echelon S-tier nose tackle, defensive tackle. This guy takes double teams away from Khalil Mack and allows Khalil Mack to be Khalil Mack. Akeem Hicks was drafted by Ryan Pace when Ryan Pace worked for the New Orleans Saints. Ryan Pace made it a point that when Akeem Hicks became a free agent after he left New England Patriots to get him on the Chicago Bears. Yeah. That was the first building block to the defense that we see here with Chicago, which is a top five defense in the NFL right now. Yeah, it is. It's a top five defense. Akeem Hicks is a monster. Number six. My number six was drafted by San Diego in 2005. He found his way to Philadelphia in 2014. And retired midseason this year, after injury, it is Darren Sproles. A three-time Pro Bowler, and first time in Philadelphia, 295 rushes for uh, 1331 yards and 12 touchdowns, receiving for 175, 175 receptions with 1459 yards and five TDs. He was our most recent star running back. Okay. He he held down that running game for a while in my opinion. Okay. It makes sense. I mean, yeah. you, I mean you haven't really had too much ever since uh the Super Bowl year, so. Yeah, cuz we cuz Ajayi left um and came back and just hasn't played. Yeah. Um Legar Blunt. And Blunt left, went to New England or did he come from New he England? He came from New England he, to Philly and then I think he's just been out he's, of the league. He's out of the league right now. He's not signed. Yeah. So, 
Darren Sproles, number six. Okay, number six is actually a running back for me as well. He's drafted in the second round, came out of Tulane. Matt Forte. Oh, I love Matt Forte. Matt Forte played eight seasons with the Chicago Bears. Eight seasons, okay? 8,600 yards rushing in eight Good seasons. God. And 4,100 yards receiving in eight Good seasons. Good God. He was putting up 1,500 yards a season, all purpose for the Chicago Bears. And they let him walk. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, they let him walk. Jordan Howard shows up. Yeah. But. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. Jordan Howard did not show up. They let him walk. It was another kid that came in. And then Jordan Howard came in a, a year after that. Um, Matt Forte, man, was Mr. Do everything. And it's going to be. For me, it's it's moments when it came to all these players that are on my list, whether it's Olin Krutz punching his offensive lineman, uh, Akeem Hicks, the, the grunts he makes in, in the games when you listen to the film, yeah. uh, Kyle Fuller's interception game to start his career. Again, Alex Brown with some of the stuff that comes off the film. For me, Matt Forte, it was his very first game as a Chicago Bear against the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, They went into the opening of the Lucas Field Stadium Sunday night football, and everyone thought the Bears were going to get blown out by the Colts. The Bears defense showed up. Matt Forte made a one-cut move and ran for 56 yards for his first career touchdown. That's awesome. And it was right then and there, I was like, he's special. Yeah. He's a guy who should be here for 12, 15 years, setting records. And set him out after your eight. And he set some strong numbers. Some records. He he broke records that have subsequently been broken by Jordan Howard, but he broke Walter Payton records that were part of this team since Walter Payton was a running back. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how good Matt Forte was. Number five. My number five is another running back. Wow. And we just spoke about him. He was picked up by Tampa Bay in 2010, but he played for Philadelphia in the 2017 season during the Super Bowl season. LeGarrett Blunt, mm-hmm. major player for the Eagles Super Bowl ring. Oh, yeah. Without him and Jay Ajayi, we would not have won that Super Bowl. Absolutely not. 173 rushes. This is for one year. 173 rushes for 766 yards and two TDs, eight receptions for 50 yards and one TD. Pretty good numbers for a running back, considering... He was splitting duty. Yeah. He was splitting duty with Jay Ajayi. Yep. And we also had Zach Ertz on that team. We hadn't had Dallas Goddard yet. But I'm pretty sure we had Aguilar and Jeffries on that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Super Bowl winning team. Yeah, he had some weapons. Yeah, and we'll get to another player a little later on that was really key in that Super Bowl win. Okay, but we'll move on to your number five. My number five, the Windy City Flyer, Devin Hester. Okay, greatest return man of all time. He will be the first standalone special teams player, as far as a return man is concerned. To be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. He changed the game. The rules. The way people were kicking off. The way people were punting. People paid so much attention to him once. Dave Tobe ran such a good fake that Charles Tillman got called for a holding penalty when nobody was near him because the referees didn't know how the ball got to the other guy so easily when all 11 people were going right to Devin Hester and the punt head went to the other side of the field. That's how scary Devin Hester was. Devin Hester made so many plays, not just in his rookie year in 2006 when you're talking about returning the opening kickoff to the Super Bowl for a touchdown. Yeah. In Miami, 
where he went to college. Okay? Showing up. His rookie year, he sets the NFL record for punt and kick returns, or total returns in a season. What's he do year two? He breaks it. Yeah. Most dangerous return man in NFL history, number five Chicago Bear on my list. My number four Philadelphia Eagle on this list, I like as a player, but I really, really like him as a human being, and that is Chris Long. Oh, Chris Long's awesome, man. His he, brother did not make my list, by the way. Yeah. Um, drafted by St. Louis in 2008, but found his way to Philadelphia in 2017 for that season. Came from New England. Mm-hmm. Two two players jumped ship from New England to Philadelphia and won two years in a row. Yeah. Um, in his year with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, six forced fumbles, 11 and a half sacks, and 51 combined tackles. So good, man. He was so good. Crazy, crazy good, good player. Yeah. And the speech he gave... During that parade was so good. Mm-hmm. Him and Jason Kelsey's uh, uh, speeches during that parade yeah. were amazing. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. And your number four. My number four. So, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> there will not be another offensive player on my list. Okay, my last offensive player was uh, technically Devin Hester, even though he was drafted as a cornerback. He's number five. Okay. My top four are all defensive players. Okay. Okay. Starting at number four, Lance Briggs, number 55. Okay. Seven-time Pro Bowler. For the Chicago Bears, okay? Seven-time consecutive pro bowler That's for the Chicago Bears. That is insanity. In this league where we talk about outside linebackers in the names of DeMarcus Ware, in the names of Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, outside linebackers who rushed a passer, this was a 4-3 outside linebacker who played stand-up and had to cover tight ends and had to fill gaps, and he was... He was the perfect complement to Brian Erlacher. Okay? He yeah. was such a dangerous guy. He was such a ball hawk. Did you know? Actually, I'm going to tell you a did you know stat when we get to my next player because it actually involves my next player and it involves this player because they pulled something off that had never been done in, in the Super Bowl era okay. when it comes to defensive defensive metrics. But Lance Briggs was probably part of the best linebacking core in the NFL for a good four-year stretch. When you had Brian Arlacca in the middle, you had Hunter Hillemeyer, who's a guy who didn't make my list. Actually, he was on my list, and I crossed him off and put Alex Brown instead. Okay. And obviously him, Lance okay. Briggs. So Lance Briggs is number four. Number three for you. My number three might actually be a little bit lower on this list than you thought he would be. He was drafted by Philadelphia in 2012, and he is the Super Bowl... 52 MVP, Golden Boy Nick Foles. I feel so sorry for you, but at the same time, Nick Foles fell apart this past week. He did, and I don't think he's been the same since he got hurt week, what was it, one or two? Yeah. that His season was derailed when he got hurt. Well, that and Minshew mustache magic, man. Yeah. Um, I have said it to friends. I don't think I've said it in the show. Uh-oh, here we go. But the Eagles got rid of the wrong quarterback. Ding, ding, ding. We should have kept Foles. You should have. Because you saw how well he performed when Wentz got hurt last year, and he won the friggin' Super Bowl for you. Yeah. After Wentz got hurt, the year Wentz's before. rookie year. The problem is, as a general manager, you're hitched to your number, your your first your, round, your yeah. first round, not just not just your quarterback, but your first round picks. Yeah, I'm experiencing that in Chicago right now. Yeah, okay? but I still haven't finished Nick Foles. 
But no, go ahead. You can continue with what you're saying. No, 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 no. It's just that as a general manager, you're, you're hitched yeah. to your first round picks. And yeah, and since we, since we spent drafted first Wentz. Pick, first, that's it. Yeah, you're hitched we, to him. Yeah. Uh, 748 completions for 8,703 yards and 58 touchdowns in his career in Philadelphia. Good numbers. Very good numbers yeah. for someone who was a, backup. was a backup quarterback for the year he won the Super Bowl and won the MVP. Yeah. And he didn't even start that season. He started like what week thirteen when they when he uh, Wentz got hurt in, in the Rams ACL. game. Yeah. Crazy. I, I thought when that happened, our season was done. So and did Nick everybody. Foles won us the friggin' Super Bowl. Yep. You're number three, Charles Peanut Tillman. There you go. Another defensive Peanut. back. I love Peanut. Peanut Punch. The guy was unbelievable. Um, he had such a knack for the ball, man. Such a knack. There's a game against, I believe it's the Tennessee Titans, in which I think he forced five fumbles. In That's that game. awesome. It's unbelievable. He was so good at getting to the ball. Um, he did a whole players thing um, because he and Megatron retired the same year. Yeah. And they were like great adversaries. Very respectful human beings. You got to remember Charles Tillman's been a Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's yep. one of that Walter. That's a huge award that's awarded to the guy who does the most for his communities and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure Chris, Chris Long, Long won, won it as well. well yeah. Yes. Yes. I was going to say something about yeah. that, but I wanted to wait till I got to my guy. Yeah. Um, but the big thing is my number four and my number three. So I can't remember if it was 2010 or 2012. I didn't write down any notes. I'm doing a lot of this stuff off the top of my head, guys. Um, but Lance Briggs and uh, Peanut Tillman both in back-to-back games returned interceptions for touchdowns. So wow. I believe in the Titans game, they each had an interception return for a touchdown. And then I believe the next week against the Dallas Cowboys, they each had an interception return for a touchdown. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. It, it, it was 2012 because it was the year Lovey Smith got fired. Yeah. It was 2012 because that defense was on fire that year. And then uh, I believe Jay Cutler got hurt and everything fell off the rails and it just wasn't the same. Um, but Charles Tillman, not only for just being the second best defensive back on my list, Great human being, man. Just a great human being. Yeah. And again, another bear who didn't end his career in Chicago. And a guy who was so close to getting a ring if Cam Newton wasn't such a pansy. Yeah. And couldn't get to fumbles and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, Charles Tillman, number three. Number two. My number two is another career guy. Good for you. Drafted in 2013. Okay. So, still a young career. Two-time pro bowler. Okay. Zach Ertz. Oh, Good choice. So I kind of have an idea of who your number one is then. 507 receptions for 5,563 yards and 32 touchdowns. So good, man. He is our tight end. He is he is one of the best tight ends in the league. Oh, yeah. Def- I mean, it's him and Kelsey. Yeah. I'm oh, pretty and, sure. And Kittle. And, and, and Kittle. Yeah. And when Gronk was playing. Yeah. It was them four. Yeah. But see, Gronk was a better complete tight end because he could block and do yeah. everything. These guys are more receivers. But yeah. listen. I I'm, mean, Ertz can, blo- uh, Ertz can block when he needs to. When he needs to. He won't block if he doesn't need to. Exactly. But if he needs to, if, he will. If the run's not coming to his side, yeah. he's kind of taking the play off a little yeah. bit. But he's so good, man. Yeah. Oh, my he's God. He's such a solid, solid player. Yep. Such a solid tight end. Okay. So, number two is Brian Erlacher. Okay? If 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 Erlacher wasn't on your list, I was going to have a problem with you. <laughs> Erlacher was going to obviously be on my list, okay? Of course. He is my second favorite Chicago Bear. <laughs> Um, from the era in which I've been watching. Uh, eight-time Pro Bowler, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive uh, Rookie of the Year, um, First Ballot Hall of Famer, 
um, holds every statistical uh, category that matters as far as Chicago Bears defensive records, except for uh, tackles in a rookie season, which Roquan Smith broke last year. Yeah. Um, he was just everything you needed a middle linebacker to be. Um, again, he was also a, a layover from the Dick Geron era, but he was the perfect linebacker for Lovey Smith's Tampa 2. Because when Brian Orlacca came out of college, he was not a linebacker. Brian Orlacca was a safety. He was drafted as a safety to be moved to linebacker. Wow. Okay? But that's why he had such great athleticism. This is why this guy could go out and do fake field goals. And this is why this guy could go out and line up as a tight end. And why this guy could go out and play the entire middle of the field. He was utility. He could do everything. And the scary thing about it is he didn't even start his first game. He had to he had to come in as a injury replacement. And he wasn't even supposed to play middle linebacker. They were going to have him play the will position, which is an outside linebacker. Wow. And when the middle linebacker got hurt, they moved him to middle linebacker, and the rest is history. He ends up joining the long lineage of linebackers, whether it's Bill George, uh, whether it's Doug Atkins, whether it's Dick Buckus, Mike Singletary, and Brian Urlacher. Those, If you're talking about a Mount Rushmore of middle linebackers, the Chicago Bears sit at the very top of that. Yeah. You can take your Ray Lewis's and you can take your Derek Thomas and your Peter Bolwares and your Zachary Thomas and all these other guys, okay? I would take Brian Arlacca 10 days out of 10 every every Sunday. Put him on the field for me. Yeah. The way he was the way he, his career ended in Chicago was not right. Yeah. What they did to him was completely unjustified. But he's back in the good graces with the McCaskies now, so you get to see him a little bit more on TV and stuff like that. Yeah. And now he's not bald anymore. He has yeah. hair. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's very weird. My number one, which you pretty much will know as of now, um, we're moving from middle linebacker to D-tackle. The man that I own a jersey of, Mr. 91, Fletcher Cox. So good. He is I, a career guy, I drafted put, in 2010. I put him on the same level as Akeem Hicks, man. Oh, yeah. Drafted in 2012. Four-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro. Here's a stat. Ten forced fumbles and ten fumble recoveries. Yeah. He recovers all his forced fumbles. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. And 48 total sacks and 362 total tackles in a, what is it, seven-year career so yeah. far? And he's a defensive tackle. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. He's just supposed to be eating up blocks. Yeah. He's not eating up blocks. He's taking he's making plays. Yeah. The only uh, I'm he's sorry. He's eating up blocks and then skipping in and getting the quarterback. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's uh, so good. Good pick. I love that number yeah. one. My I number one, it. Fletcher Cox. Okay. Your number one Chicago Bear of your time watching is Mike Brown. There you go. Mike Brown. Uh first jersey I bought from a Chicago Bear. Uh Mike Brown was drafted the same year as uh Brian Olacco. Drafted in this exact same draft class. Mike Brown came out of Nebraska. Mike Brown was a starter from day one. That's awesome. Day That's really, really good. One. Mike Brown would be in the conversation for the greatest safeties of his generation if he could have just been healthy. Yeah. That Super Played Bowl year. Injuries. Super Bowl year in 2006. He gets hurt and the defense falls quite drastically with him off the field. They're not the same team that they were when he was on the field. My big thing about Mike Brown is from Brian Urlacher's multiple interviews and even in his Hall of Fame speech. He talks about how Mike Brown was the heart and soul of that defense. Yeah, Mike Brown made sure everybody was in the right spot. Mike Brown is the epitome of what you wanted a safety to be. 
He'd come down on the box and smack you in the mouth. He can make plays against the ball. I mean, again, you want to talk about weird little nuances about the Chicago Bears? Mike Brown is the only player in NFL history. History, not just Super Bowl era. History. This goes back 100 years to win back-to-back games in overtime by returning interceptions for touchdowns. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Two weeks in a row, Cleveland Browns and the San Francisco 49ers, he returned interceptions for touchdowns to seal the games. That's crazy. Yes. And both of them were huge comebacks, by the way. Took onside kicks and stuff to even get it into overtime. So it was a lot of fluke stuff. But the big thing about Mike Brown was I remember one of his last games as a Chicago Bear. They opened up the season against the San Diego Chargers. Um, The Bears were coming off of the Super Bowl. So it was 2007. They were holding LaDainian Tomlinson in check. Like, Chargers couldn't do anything in that game. But the Bears' offense sucked because Rex Grossman. And, you know, I'm never going to get... I I made a comment when I was young and stupid about how Rex Grossman was going to be a Hall of Famer one day and yada, yada, yada. And I get called out about it all the time. But Mike Brown was all over the field in that game. And then there was a play that happened. I want to say it was like a second and goal. And Mike Brown came through the line and had a free shot at LaDainian Tomlinson. And Lorenzo Neal horse-collared Mike Brown. And that was it. That was his Chicago Bears career right there. Blew his knee out. Season over. Yeah. That's it. And the interview after the game... Well, actually, forget about the interview after the game because right as soon as the play happened, Lorenzo Neal is an upstanding human being as far as when you talk about fullbacks in the NFL throughout their history. Yeah, Lorenzo Neal puts his hands on his helmet and just walks away, realizing what he just did. Upset is all hell. You could tell it on his face. Sometimes you can't see emotion through like helmets and stuff like yeah. that. You could see the emotion from Lorenzo Neal because he knew what he had just done. Mike Brown was in tears. After the game, because he knew his season was over again. After he just fought back from another injury the year before. After he had just fought back from another injury the year before that. This guy was the heart and soul of who the Chicago Bears were. And I'll tell you right now, had he stood healthy, we wouldn't talk just about Troy Palomalu or Ed Reed or the late Sean Taylor. Mike Brown would be in that conversation 10 times out of 10. Greatest safety. As one of the greatest safeties of his generation, because that's how good he was. He was better than Bob Sanders. Yeah. He was better than Bob Sanders. Bob Sanders was a flash in the pan who had two good years. Mike Brown was a consistent player who always made plays for his team and was the reason why the Tampa 2 worked alongside having Brian Urlacher in the middle of that defense. One would have still worked without the other, but the two of them on the field at the same time, you had the best defense in the NFL and any Ravens fan can fight me on that because I would take Mike Brown and Brian Urlacher over Ed Reed and Ray Lewis any day of the week. Any day of the week. So that basically has concluded our episode of sports this week. Thank you all so much for coming out. Uh, this has been episode number 10. Um, perfect 10. Perfect 10. Uh, perfect way to end this uh, This not year off. We're still going to have a couple more episodes this uh, this year. Um, but it this is almost like our... Our swan song of the year. We're gonna have another couple of couple of uh, episodes this year, but this is like our big. This big is the week. swan song. This is the big week. Yes. Um. So we want to thank you all so much for coming out. Um. Obviously, like, share, subscribe. Uh, hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, let us know what you guys like, what you guys don't like, what we can do better, what we can improve on. If there's any news articles you guys yeah. see, tag us in it. If you want us to talk about it. Yeah, tag us in it. We will definitely bring it up during the show. Um, But I think we only got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.